Hey, this is Liz, and you're listening to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. Bam! Here we are, right here. episode five. You looking a little wet there, brother. <laughs> I'm running across the parking lot to get in the studio, and it is just off the roof, pouring rain. Yep. Now it stopped, just Not, in time. It waited for me to get in. <laughs> so, right. to your point, if you do hear some loud noise, we do have a tin roof above this studio here, right beside Weston Co. Yeah. In Wahala, South Carolina. So, uh... It may be pushing its way out. but if you, uh, if you hear some rain, that's what it is. That's right. Episode five today, going to be an interesting topic. That's right. We're talking about my favorite thing of all times. Well, right now at least. Crypto, which is which is a, is a great subject for us because, Jared, I, I'm, a, I'm a crypto guy. I, when I found the technology mm-hmm. years ago, I uh, did a little research, was sold on it instantly, and... You know, first thing I do is go talk to my my business minded buddies. And I'm like, dude, you need to take a look at this. And Jared has always been one that's like, man, I just don't get it. No, I still don't get I it. I just don't get it. We're gonna so, get into that today. So today, that's what we're talking crypto. Now, I will tell you this: we're not gonna talk crypto in the way of like a way of taking the place of money. Now, there is crypto that potentially could do that, right? Are we talking about the money piece of crypto or are we talking about the blockchain technology part? We're of talking about more of the blockchain technology part of this okay? and how it relates to business, how it could be its own business mm-hmm. in itself. That's kind of what I want to get into. Everybody knows about Bitcoin and, and the talk about it you know, being money in the future. Everybody knows about uh, NFTs and how they're selling art. We're not going to get into that kind of stuff. My thing is, is like, I want to look deeper. I want to look what it could bring us in the future, not what's currently here. Right. Okay. And, the, and the business opportunities that may come with that. Okay. And so we're just, I want to kind of talk about, you know, as all of our conversations go, I'm going to try to sell you on this. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> right? So for sort of everybody listening, uh, we've been having this conversation for probably eight years plus, Kyle and I, about why you should get in or why I should get in from his point of view and why I shouldn't from my point of view. So today we may get into some of that topic as well. I remember being in the kitchen at the lake house. I'd flown in from St. Louis. So it's been a while. It's been a minute. And you were like, dude, I found this thing called Bitcoin. Yeah. You really need to buy a couple coins. And I'm like, I don't know. Why would I buy a couple coins? And I don't, what was the price at that time? Like seven Maybe might seven have even been cheaper than that. No, no, no. Seven hundred. It, it was probably like seven hundred. Yeah, yeah. What's the value of one Bitcoin today? Uh, Twenty-two thousand, maybe. Yeah. But it's been but as it high dropped. as yeah. It's been as high as sixty. Yeah, it's been as high as sixty. Which you know, that's that's the conversation that I get a lot from people too recently. And the way I talk about that is, I'm like Jared, if your if your house was worth three million bucks, you know, six months ago. And it dropped to a million. You would still be happy you had that million, million dollar home because yeah. I know what you paid for it. Yeah, I don't look at residential business though. But you know what I'm saying. A piece. It's of kind of that thing. It's Maybe. like it's like you're holding a piece of digital property, mm-hmm. and regardless of the fact that it's went down seventy percent or whatever the number is, the three million dollar piece on your house might have been an inflated number that was never actually worth that. And that's kind of what it's done is it's recentered itself. Right? There was a big boom because everybody was. You know, getting in, whatever, and then those people that couldn't hang around ended up selling, which made the market come down. And there was some other things happened too, but I don't want to get into Bitcoin. That's not really what excites me anymore. You know, I did my Bitcoin invest, investing years ago. Mm-hmm. What really excites me is the underlying technology with Bitcoin, and that is the blockchain. Um, and the fact that you have what they call smart contracts built on the blockchain. And I'll kind of explain how that works I'll give you some ideas of, of businesses or technologies that it may take over in the future. Um, and, and, you know, kind of on a layman's term type of deal. That's what I want to talk about. Who owns the blockchain? Nobody. That's the beauty of it. So that's problem number one. Well, who owns the internet? Everybody. Well, then everybody owns the blockchain. <laughs> I thought you said nobody. It's the same. Well, it's the same thing. So that's, that's it's hard the, to wrap your head. It is. It's hard to wrap it's, your head. It's super hard to wrap your head around. And what I want people to think about is, the code that created the internet, HTML, is just open source code. Anybody can use it. And the internet itself is very much like what the blockchain is. Um, that's why they call it, you know, Web3. Mm-hmm. Web2 was HTML and the websites that went on top of it. Blockchain 
is Web3. It's the exact same thing. Nobody owns it. Nobody controls it. And as long as everybody participates in it, it will always survive. Same thing with the internet. You know, if the servers go down, everybody starts crashing, they're taking their servers offline, the internet would eventually go away. You wouldn't be able to get to whatever website you wanted to get to. Same thing with the blockchain. Works the same way. So basically what happened is somebody created some code for the web, for, you know, web two, the internet. And then what you've seen happen was a bunch of businesses be built on top of that. So if it wasn't for the internet, you wouldn't have Google, you wouldn't have Amazon. Sure. You wouldn't have some of the largest businesses in the world right now mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the internet. You're going to see the same exact thing happen on Web3 with smart contracts. Okay, They're not, There are big businesses already being built on, blo- on blockchain technology with smart contract, but you will see huge Amazon-style businesses built on top of it one day. And so... The way that this works is, is the blockchain itself is a decentralized ledger. Think of like uh, an Excel spreadsheet, and basically each block on the blockchain is one cell on that ledger, right? And so then, depending on what chain it is, and I don't know all the particulars about the code, but there is an entry that happens every so often, and it's it can't be changed once it's been entered because everybody on the chain has to agree to whatever that entry is. So even if somebody wanted to go back and say, oh, no, you know, this block should be different, everybody would have to agree on that. When I say everybody, I mean hundreds of thousands, if not millions of, of people, how do you, let's how call do you, it. How do you even get that to happen? Because it's the same way that the Internet works, where you have to have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of servers that serve up the information, right? That's why the blockchain works. And... Unlike the internet, though, where, say, Google uh, sends out the information and they can change that information anytime they wanted to. Like, if you put in Google.com, the website might look different today than it did yesterday. Yeah, sure. Because they're sending you the information they want you to see, and they can change that as, they, as they'd as they like. On the blockchain, that's, it's kind of the opposite, though. Instead of it sending, you're entering that data into something that's holding it. And everybody, every server, say, let's put it in, like, web terms, Every server would have to agree that information is what it was initially. And in order to change that information, everybody would have to agree that it could be changed. Does that make sense? It does. So anyway, I want to get into that because I don't really know the particulars of the coding side of it. What excites me is the business opportunities. And, you know, a lot of people hear about NFTs. Uh, NFTs are a big thing. You hear about these, these yacht club apes or whatever the hell they're called. People buying these things, I think it's pr- all pretty ridiculous. But I do think NFTs will be huge. Uh, not in that world, though. Uh, they'll be big. So an NFT is a non-fungible token. All right. So non-fungible token is a token that can't be reproduced. It's one of one. Mm-hmm. You could make multiples of the same token, mm-hmm. but after, but if there was a hundred of them, there would only be a hundred of them. Couldn't take number one hundred and make five from that. That's right. You couldn't like copy it. I guess non fungible, non repeatable. Mm-hmm. And so, what will happen is you'll see this large disruption in uh, everything that happens with a middleman. In my personal opinion, so let's uh, let's think um, music. Let's use our buddy Matt Poss. We've already kind of had this conversation with him before about doing NFTs. How, how it work? Yes. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple ways to do. Most of the NFTs that are done right now are people offering an NFT, say a Matt Poss NFT, and it's got a you know it's got some kind of cover art or whatever he uses on a CD. He basically sells that to his followers, and then he gives them some kind of access to him through that NFT. That's not what. There's that rain we were talking yeah, about. That's not necessarily what I think the future is. That's the current right now, and that was kind of the conversation that we had with right, Matt. Right. But in the future, what'll happen is. That cover will maybe come with an album he created. That NFT that people buy will be the album. So right. instead of you buying an album on iTunes, you would just buy that straight from Matt Poss. And then digitally, they'd send you all that music, and you would not be able to reproduce it. You couldn't copy it. You couldn't rip it. You couldn't you know, make a copy and send it to your buddy. There'll be a one of, each one will be a one-of-one, one, mm-hmm. which is great for the artist, right? Because he knows Great that, for the consumer. It's great for the consumer. It's great for the artist. It's great for the consumer in a way that they could sell that. Mm-hmm. So right now, there is no 
um, sales of music because everybody can stream everything. Or show it off, right? So NFTs are becoming, uh, especially we see teenagers on their bios have investor attached yes. to it yeah, yeah. and have an NFT showing like an NFT wallet on their social media. Right. Up here's the NFTs right. that I own. Matt Paul's band, NFT could be one in that yeah. list. And I'll give you an example. Say, say there was NFTs uh, 15 years ago and Prince came out and he said, hey, I'm going to do, for just for my hardcore followers, I'm going to do a very, very specific album. I'm only going to offer the, you know, 100 of these, 150, you put the number on it. You can buy it. It's going to cost you X, but you'll be the only one that has this. And that cover would be like a rare whiskey, a rare cigar, you name it. Mm-hmm. That cover people would want to show off. They could display it as art. They could do whatever. And they'd be like, oh, man, he has that exclusive Prince album or whatever yeah. it is, right? And so that's that's what's going to happen. That's already kind of happening. But what I see happening is, um, and then, you know, the other thing is, too, is if he offered that NFT with that album, that could also be uh, access. He could give people access to whatever he wanted them to have access to. For instance, he's got a show he's going to do. Hey, if you hold one of my NFTs, you get in the show free. Yeah, you get a free ticket for life. Free ticket for life if you wanted to. Sure. Meet and greets. It could be whatever you wanted to. The beauty of it is that, say, Jared Ketterman bought one of those limited NFT albums from right. Matt Poss. And five years down the road, he's like, oh, I'm not really a Matt Poss fan anymore. He could sell that, though, on a marketplace. No way would I say that, Matt. Yeah. Just saying that. Uh, he could sell that on a marketplace. And then another big fan that didn't have an opportunity to buy that initially could then buy that album with the with the all the things that come with it, the lifetime right. ticket, all that stuff goes with it. And the beauty of it for Matt is that he can put into the contract that he gets a cut of every sale going forward. So not only did he make money on the initial sale of this the album. This is where you grabbed my attention. Yeah. Not only did he make the sale on the initial album. He then makes a little piece of every sale after that. Whatever he decides yes. that little piece is. It could right. be 50%. It could be 1%. Right. So let's say that you know Matt sells that initial NFT album for 10 bucks, whatever. You name the price. You know, Go fast forward 20 years, and he's the next Garth Brooks or whatever. And there's only 100 of them, right? People are going to pay say $10,000 for that album, right? Because it's so rare. Guess what? Matt is still making money on that. Yeah. He still gets a, a you know. Forever. And, and say it's a 1% deal. He made a grand on the, or what would that be? 500 bucks on the sale of that, on the, on the sale of that album. Mm-hmm. So not only did he sell it the first time, every time it sold there and after, he makes some money on it. And so that's the, that's the power of NFT. That's why I say. And the holder of the NFT, if this is an NFT, if Matt Posses. NFT that I bought, and I paid a thousand dollars for that NFT. Yeah. I can set the sale price to a million dollars to the next buyer if I wanted to. If it'll, yeah, and you put if it the on, market was there, right? right? You put it on a marketplace; it may or may not sell, but right. you dictate the price. And so, not only is Matt making five hundred dollars on the first sale, but if the next sale increases in price, he gets that percentage right. equal to the sale value every time it sells. Right. So the beauty of this being a win-win-win is that. I don't see why it's not going to happen, right? Well, it is happening. It is happening a little bit, but the infrastructure's not there. But you wait till a, an iTunes-ish kind of platform comes out that all they do is sell music in NFT form, game over. The problem is, obviously, iTunes and Spotify and these companies don't want that to happen. Uh, and I don't think it'll be 100%. Like, people are still going to allow stuff to be streamed. They'll just create extra stuff for their hardcore fans. That, that's the way I think it's going to happen. Um, so that's one thing. And when I talk about smart contracts built into NFTs, basically it's just digital code that says, hey, if X and Y do this, then that happens. So that's how we circle back to the blockchain technology itself. NFTs do not exist without smart contracts. Smart contracts do not exist without blockchain technology. Yes. And there's one other little iota in there. Okay, so there's a cryptocurrency, which I hate the word currency, cryptocurrency, I hate that. It should just be technology, blockchain technology called Ethereum, Mm -hmm. that basically was the first one to create these smart contracts. And so almost all NFTs currently are created through Ethereum, okay? Uh, there's There's other technologies that are coming out now that 
kind of replicate that and they've tried to like make it a little bit better, a little bit faster, a little bit this, a little bit that, maybe more uh, geared towards one thing or another. So I think what will end up happening is there'll be multiple players in that game. One player will be specific to NFTs, one will be specific to something else. Uh, I'll give you another idea of how an NFT could work. Uh, what it's going to do is it's going to cut out a lot of the middlemen. And only, it doesn't even have to be NFT based, just smart contract based. So think of like um, currently you go buy a new car, you buy a truck, okay? You buy it from Chevy and the state in which you buy that issues you a title. The title basically proves that you own that vehicle, which can be problemsome, can have problems within itself. Same thing with real estate, right? There's title searches and all this stuff that happens when you buy a piece of property. The same thing can happen on a car or anything else. You have to take it places. You have to pay money mm -hmm. to make the exchange. You have to go sit in the DMV. All these things that are issues because of the middle people. You can solve all that with a smart contract. Basically, Chevrolet can come out with an NFT for each vehicle. When you buy it, they just transfer it to you digitally right to your wallet. Within that smart contract, all the people that need to get their cut will. Mm -hmm. The state, the state can see the records of that vehicle, who owns it, they get the tax, you can, they can pay the taxes through that smart contract, it could all happen instantaneous. You're in the Chevrolet dealership, you buy it, they send the NFT to you, it shows up in your wallet, everything else happened behind the scenes, you don't need to go to the DMV, you don't need to go to the- Hoorah. Yeah, you don't, gotta, you don't have to pay your taxes at the court, you know, it, right. the, the, county, uh, the county offices, none of that stuff has to happen. And then you cut out all these miscellaneous middle people you know, you don't need to go to the DMV. These people don't have to do it this way. Technology can solve those issues. Same thing with music. You know, if I bought that album straight from Matt Poss, you don't need iTunes. You don't need them to sell you the thing because they're taking a cut of that person's. I need a music label. Yeah, you got the. Yeah, you could self. You could self-publish or whatever. Saw, I mean, we saw before we got an NFT blockchain that MySpace came out, it changed the entire game. Yeah, that, that's when I think musicians really saw the opportunity to, to have a platform, right, to release their music, and nobody could say no. Since yeah. then, we've gotten smarter society. We got SoundCloud. You know, artists like Post Malone, right, like blew up over SoundCloud. You see it happening on TikTok. We talked about that in the yeah, episode. That's right. Where people are basically giving the music away free to yep. be used for the exposure, yeah. which but, sells albums. But now we're attaching a dollar amount to it and a contract that says A, B, and C, if you sell, this is what happens, right? This is what you get, right. if you sell it, I'm gonna get a cut, yeah. they're gonna get what they want, nice knowing you, next NFT, here we go. Yeah, so there'll be a ton of businesses that will be created with this kind of technology. And I'll, I'll kind of mention some others for those that uh, aren't aware, but there's, um, Digital hosting, so you name it. If you need, you know, photo bucket used to be a thing where you'd keep photos because mm -hmm. you didn't want to store them on your hard drive. Mm -hmm. Or the big thing now is mm -hmm. AWS, uh, Amazon Web Services. Uh, people don't realize Amazon makes a ton of money through selling stuff online, but they make a ton of money mm -hmm. just through hosting data for companies. So they're the middle person, right? You got a company that sends the data over, needs to have, have it housed somewhere. AWS does that. That company pays a premium to host that service, right? Uh, whether it's like a website, it could be really anything. Sure. That will go away. It's gonna let it's gonna let people, average people like you and I, participate in that. So we use our hard drive space. We basically download the technology that's needed to run that service, and then somebody wants to host a file. It takes that file. It breaks it up into millions of fragments most of them are, are redundant fra fragments so the same fragment will be redundant so that way if i shut my computer off that person could still get their stuff because somebody else has a copy of the same fragment that i had right right and then instead of them paying amazon web services to host that file or those photos or whatever it is uh, they pay me in the native coin coin's a horrible word but they pay me through through that that service they're paying to host the files, and I get paid to, to hold them. Right. The great thing about that is if you have, say, a, an app or a website, and Amazon Web Services is, is hosting that site for you, and you do something politically that they don't agree with, guess what? They can shut you down. 
Mm-hmm. They can basically say, we're not going to service you anymore. They we'll see you, it every you day. Yeah. yeah. Through what I'm talking about, you can't do that because if I don't, I don't, first of all, I don't know whose stuff I'm holding. I'm participating in that network. I don't know whose information I'm holding. And if I did, even if I shut my laptop and turned it off, those fragments are everywhere. Right. So it basically gives you freedom from being, you know, cut off by the man or, or whatnot, you know, however you want to put that. And so it's just a, it's a beautiful system. It cuts out the middleman. It lets people, lets smaller people in the game participate and make some money, you know, for doing those services. You could do that through, you know, hosting stuff. You could do that through um, just bandwidth. Mm-hmm. So there's technologies out there that allow bandwidth. There's, there's technologies that uh, will, you, will do aggregate of, of information. We can get lost. You can get lost, and yeah. And how far we're growing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How fast. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's going to be nuts to see what happens in the next couple of years with this technology. I, th- I, s- I think, you know, right now the big thing is decentralized finance. Like right now, you can borrow, you can lend and borrow money through de- a decentralized platform. There is no middle person. There is no bank. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to, like, I, I, I think there's going to be an episode I see on, the mind on going. finance yeah. and uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum and crypto in itself. But I do want to stick to go back a little bit and still stay on blockchain. And I want to talk about and give an instance on if we were to buy or sell a piece of real estate. But first, I think we need to take just a small... Small break. Small break. Pay some bills. Pay some bills. Here you go. Are you looking to make Lake Kiwi your destination? Work with local licensed expert, Rhea Land Smith, your certified resort and second home specialist at Lake Kiwi Real Estate. Servicing buyers and sellers since 2013, Rhea is your local expert helping you navigate the real estate waters of Kiwi. Let Rhea make your life a vacation. Call 864-710-9547. And remember, land is her middle name. Are you looking for the perfect vacation spot for your next adventure? Whether it's hiking beautiful waterfalls, mountain biking Stumphouse Park, wake surfing on Lake Kiwi, or jamming at your favorite concert, Megan Ketterman with Oconee Hospitality has beautiful homes available for short-term rental in Oconee County, South Carolina. Contact Megan today to book your next vacation stay at www.oconeehospitality.com. All right, we're back. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's so many ways we can go with this, and we're not going to get it all in one episode. I, I tried to kind of think pre-episode on what I would talk about and how I could kind of, I don't know if sell this thing in the right is the right word, but like no, but give the most basic ideas of, of what we're looking at coming forward that's not what you hear in mainstream media when it comes to NFTs in right. finance. I'll give you, you got a, you got a thought. Yeah. Go so ahead. right before the break, we're talking about let's put it in real world real world terms, right? And let's just take the building we've got at two twenty East Main. Okay, small space, two hundred grand. I want to make sure that I understand this right. Yeah, we can put this on the market only to a crypto purchase, right? Attach a smart contract to it, and then every time the building sells. Yes, you could do. You could potentially do that, and so that's one of the things that they're doing too with smart contracts. Is they're they're basically digitizing assets. That's something that's happening right now. Right now, it's a little bit cloudy because what happens is when you start talking into talking about real pieces of property and how people are going to make money on that. So, for instance, you could say uh, potentially with the technology, you could sell this building to say twenty people. Mm. through an NFT. And you can say within the smart contract, every time somebody pays that rent, you get a chunk of that. But the tenant would have to pay also in crypto. Not necessarily. Because there's... there's it, where it gets complicated. It, it's not really that complicated <clears throat> if you think about it, though, because there's, there's already uh, technology that will do that, right? If they paid it, say, to the bank, say, say a, a, there's companies already that would, that would be the bank... And then as soon as that comes in, they would automatically distribute that throughout the, and it may even happen on the blockchain, but they, at that point, they would have to pay through some kind of crypto. I don't see. The problem, hold on. The problem with that, though, is that you're, now you're talking about like the SEC is going to get involved. So this in is this. exactly where I was going. Yeah. I don't see the finance world liking this. Yeah. I don't see attorneys, title companies. Like you're, you're talking oh, they're not about, gonna like it. You're they're talking not gonna about like it. cutting out 
all yeah. of these people. So what I think happens, though, is you don't necessarily cut them out. You basically streamline their business. So they're, they're, they won't necessarily go if away there's no, If there's no reason, title companies would go away 100%. Yeah, but because it, there's no reason to but, have to search for that title. But what if it just changed? What it, if those title companies turned into NFT creators? And they basically align the digital asset with the physical asset. And that's their new job. And then maybe they, they can follow those. Or, Ad- or, adapt or die. Right. That's what I think you're going to see happen. Um, and they can fight it all they want. But when, they're, when, when their competitors come out and say, hey, we're doing this. Heads up. You know, they're going to either have to compete or they're going to go away. Go away. Yeah. So... You know, I heard something today. I was kind of watching something, and it was talking about um, more on the, the the financial side of it. And it was saying, why is it in this in this world do you get paid once a week or once every two weeks? Why don't you get paid the day you work? Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. For one, uh, most people aren't aware of this, but the business, the most large companies will take that money Take that money they owe you, and they make money on it, which is called the float. Of course. So if they have a huge payroll, so they have Apple, for example, I'm sure their payroll is astronomical. Mm-hmm. The money that they hold for that week or two before they pay it to you, they're making money on it. They're making a lot of money on it. So it's not in their best interest to pay you every day. That's right. The other thing is, is doing payroll every day is a nightmare unless you have the technology that can do it. And you, we do. We have technology that could fix that. Um, another thing I heard too was eight billion dollars a year are paid to the banks for overdraft. Eight billion dollars. Part of that is because people only get paid every two weeks, right? They use the overdraft in between checks. No, of course, right? So I mean, there's so many problems that could be fixed. I mean, just think about if you gave eight billion dollars back to the people to use within the economy, how much stronger it would be in that Mm -hmm. fact, you know, versus spending it all, you know, giving it all to the banks. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you and I have talked about uh, the Gary Vee thing where he talks about, you know, if you could sell your future net worth as NFTs. Yeah. So I'm not investing. I'm not giving you $5,000 for your startup. I'm giving you $5,000 for Kyle Voss and everything Kyle does for the next 50 years. I'm going to take 2% of. Yeah. To have the ability to invest in people interests me more yeah. than any brick and mortar there is. Let me yeah. say it again. To have the ability to invest in, in people, people yeah. interests me more than any brick and mortar business there is. And if you think about it, you kind of do that already. You know, if you have an employee, you're investing in that person because you feel like they're going to benefit you down the road. Mm-hmm. Right? But, but when you own the NFT, they can't go anywhere. That's the difference. If you have an employee that's killing it for you, killing it, you're paying them good. doesn't matter, you know, and they want to go start their own thing that is a competitor of yours or somewhere else. They want to move. Great. I'm going to take 2%. Without the NFT, you would. You wouldn't. Right? With the NFT, you would. But So that's when you get into issues with, um, you know, it's more of a stock. You're owning a, a share of that person, just like you'd own a share of Apple. And then that, you know, that Apple's paying a dividend, that person's paying you a dividend. And so then you start talking about there's technical issues there with SEC and it's the fact that it's a, whether it's a commodity or a security or, you know, all that stuff. So they'll get that stuff sorted out. They haven't got there yet, but I see that stuff coming down the pipe too, man. So who will? Who will get it sorted out? Who is speaking on behalf of the technology? We know who's speaking on the SEC side. Yeah, right now they're, they're, they got so much on their plate. They just, they're trying to put some structure around the basics right now. What is a security? What is a commodity? They haven't even figured that out yet. So they're not going to like make rules for things they haven't even figured out what, what it is yet. Once they kind of set that guide, those guidelines on what is a security, what is, a, you know, they, a lot of people talk about the Howey test. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's like a way to figure out if it's a, I don't even know what it is, if it's a security, I guess is what it is, versus a commodity. You know, gold is a commodity. A security is where you own a part of a company. Mm-hmm. So they got to figure out, they got to put a definition on that first. That way they can take all of these and say, okay, now we know what they are. This is how we're going to regulate them. It's a commodity, Bitcoin. It's like gold. It's just a commodity. 
then that's that's what it is. But they don't know that until they basically define what those rules are. I think we're a little further out than you think we are. Our technology happens fast, though, man. You think technology about technology does, but you just put the human element into it to figure out what get, it is. Well, I think we'll like hear, tech will grow faster than the humans will figure. Yes, it out. and I think right now what's happening though is you have this huge, as Rhea was talking about the other day, shadow market. You have all these people that are waiting. They're waiting to deploy a ton of capital, a ton of energy into whatever, but they're waiting to see these definitions come out first. Right, They want to know that there's regulatory clarity before they start getting into that business because they don't want to be sued or end up in, in bad shape, whatever. But I think as soon as they that comes out, mark my words, the market's going to take off. It will explode. BlackRock, I think I've seen something today where BlackRock, the largest mm-hmm. uh, holdings, I don't know how, many, how, many, how much money they have under management, trillions, I think. It's the largest holding investment corporation or whatever. They just set up, they just announced today that they're setting up their own cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum, I don't know what it was, um, private equity deal so their investors can get in. And then what they, what people think is going to happen is they're going to take that and try to move it into an uh, uh, exchange-traded fund, an ETF. ETF? Yeah, that's right. So right now you don't. We don't have a Bitcoin ETF. We don't have an Ethereum ETF. We can trade futures on it. There's no ETF where you could just go into your stock trading account and say, right. "Hey, right. I don't want to hold Bitcoin. I don't want to have the cold storage. I don't want to do none of that. I don't have to worry about none of that. I'm just going to buy in this ETF and it's going to track the cost of Bitcoin to the T. I can put that in my investment portfolio and I don't have to worry about it. And the thing is, for people like me, that's going to be awesome because people like you will get in and not have to do all the Crappy stuff. That's you right. just go on your TD Ameritrade account, buy Bam. some Bitcoin, you're done. So I don't you, think we'll ever see that. 100% going to see it very soon. Very soon. You know, I say that. You're going to see it. I so guess I can buy euro. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can buy, well, I can, yeah, you I, can buy gold. I can invest in a euro. There's a gold ETF. There's a right. silver ETF. So I, I guess I see that point. Well, and it's already happened. So, so Canada already has a, a Bitcoin ETF. They have an Ethereum ETF already in that country. A lot of countries already have it. The U.S. is just like late to the game. It's still got to be a commodity. I mean, it just has to be considered with everything else. Um, it fluctuates. It does all the things commodities do. Bitcoin, Bitcoin will be. What you're going to see, though, is like stuff like Ethereum, where... Ethereum and, and most all the other coins will be more of a security because it's more of like you're investing in a company versus a commodity. When you, when you think about commodity, you think about a piece of gold. It's just a, mm-hmm. it's just a rock that's right. that you're investing in that's going to go up and down in value. But I can't make money off that gold unless I sell the gold. Correct. Well, I mean, I guess you could you could loan it to somebody... You, and and you well that's that's the advantage of Bitcoin. So Bitcoin versus gold, you know, I have gold, and you say, hey, I need some gold. You can sell me some gold. I could sell it to you, but I couldn't loan it to you. You wouldn't pay me a percentage to hold that. But Bitcoin people would. So I could actually borrow money against my Bitcoin right now. Never have to actually give up the custody of that. It's just it's just on the balance sheet as a just like you'd put. It doesn't matter because banks aren't looking at Bitcoin on your balance sheet as an asset. Depends on what bank you're talking about. Well, here in little old Coney County. No, not here. <laughs> not banks here. are not looking but, at You could have $200,000 in Bitcoin. Yeah. And they don't care. So there are investors right now that have basically taken their current Bitcoin holdings and borrowed money against it and then went and bought more Bitcoin with the money they borrowed. So they're Because levered. the interest rate is lower than the value yes. of the Bitcoin you're yes. making. So the interest rate on it is 2%. Well, if I was a bank, and they're I'd... like, it's Bitcoin historically has went up fifty percent a year. Why would it's you? a no brainer? Now the thing is, though, is technically you borrow on twice as much as you actually have. So the, at the point that it does drop in half, they call, they make a call on the on the loan. They take all your Bitcoin. You smoked. Yeah, which is what happened on the downfall. People were over levered. People were doing hundred x leverage. That's insane. It is insane. And it should it should really shouldn't be allowed to do that. But that's that was what caused it to fall like it did because you gotta think, you know, 
if if you were levered a hundred x, um, if it went up a hundred percent, you were good, right? Of course, you made a thousand percent of money. But if it went down one percent, you got liquidated. And so, as soon as the market started to fall, all these people that were over le- over levered had they all got liquidated. They had to sell. They were forced to sell, which made it fall more. Which liquidated more people. Which made it fall more, and which liquidated more mm-hmm. people, and so it did that till it basically took out everybody that's overlevered. The only thing that was left was the people that actually owned the product itself. So I mean, it's there's a lot of growing pains that are going to happen between now and then, but the technology itself is super exciting. So we'll go back to that. That's how we started. Bitcoin would be an episode, crypto would be an episode, but today it's about blockchain and the technology behind crypto. But yeah, blockchain is more than crypto. Absolutely, it's something. It's way more. It's Web too. It is. So you really need to separate those two, and say there's Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, yeah. and then there's blockchain. Yeah. Blockchain is going to be Web three. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the next internet. So how would you invest in blockchain? Not not currency. It's not a cryptocurrency. good. It's a really good question. And obviously, there are, there are companies out there that are based just around the technology. They're pub, probably public, publicly traded. Yeah. So there's two but, ways to do it. You can invest in a company. Mm-hmm. That that is in that industry. So, for instance, a good a good uh, analogy would be um, a good analogy would be like uh, Shopify. Okay. Okay. Shopify is in the business of making websites. They don't own the platform that the websites sit on. Though, right. Right. So that's that's a good analogy. If you invested in Shopify, if Shopify was around when the internet first started, and you invested in that, you probably would have done pretty well. Well. So there's that. You can invest in a company that works in that space. Coinbase would be one of those, right? They work in that space. Mm-hmm. It's a company, though, that you're. It's you know on the stock exchange. You could invest in that company. But what's going to happen on this go around is you're going to be able to invest in the technology itself where you didn't with Web two. So, for instance, if I owned, say, HTML was a, a cryptocurrency, it was a coin. You could have when it when somebody developed HTML and they said, "Hey, we need this." code to work you know for the internet to work we need this code but you can buy one 21 millionth of this code or as much of it as you wanted mm-hmm. to but we're going to break it up in 21 million parts and as the internet grows so does your part mm-hmm. right and then what happens is comes along is you got the googles and the amazons and all these huge companies that built on top of that what you would own would be worth everything right the 21 million would be worth the entire internet it'd be worth google apple uh you name it any business on the internet that 21 million would be worth that i don't know what the number would be right now trillions i'm sure Sure. so whatever you're part of that would be worth that you could then sell it to somebody else that's what's going to happen with blockchain now not necessarily in the way because you can't own the blockchain the blockchain is just a process but there are technologies that allow people to do things like these smart contracts. You have to do that through Ethereum. If me and you created tomorrow an NFT, that NFT would work on Ethereum. And the second I sold that to you, that transaction would then go through Ethereum. And you'd have to pay for that transaction in Ethereum. And a small cut of that goes to the people who basically keep Ethereum Going. So smart contracts do not work without the crypto piece to it, period. Uh, yes, that, that's the tricky part because crypto is a kind of a broad term that gets confused a lot. But yes, it's cryptographic. Crypto, right. Cryptography is what makes it happen, makes it immutable. Where somebody can't crack in there. Are and they do doing it. it today? Are they selling real estate with smart contracts today? There is a company called Proppy. You can buy the Proppy coin. It is digital real estate assets. Now, how big and how much they do and all that stuff, I don't know. But you can actually go around their website, look I'm it up. Look at it. Look it up. Proppy. Put in like, uh, I wish I could share my screen. I'd just do it on here. Um, so it's a Proppy is a real estate transaction platform that empowers buyers, sellers, their agents, and escrow agents to close a traditional real estate deal entirely. Through the blockchain. Mm-hmm. 
This is interesting. List your property, buy a property. So I'm on property.com, P-R-O-P-Y.com, the world's first real estate NFT. So my personal opinion, what's going to happen is you name the industry, I'll give you another example. So for those watching and listening, Jared's uh, in-laws are in the cattle business. We have talked about this a lot. Yes. So because I'm the crypto guy, when they had some questions, they came to me. The big thing right now in cattle, and you can correct me because I don't really know. You know the ins and outs of this. But it wasn't the crypto part. It was, it was the, the blockchain. NFT. It was the blockchain part right. of how to track from birth to table. Yes. So a, a calf drops. We were, need to be able to log and place everything into a file of daily weight gain, birth weight, all of this. Feed. The vaccines. The feed. Yep. Feed. Shots. And then age, when they got processed, who processed them, and where they went. Right. So if you go to Ingles, the goal was, you can and, even get, and still is, to go to your supermarket, Ingles, Hobby, whatever, scan the stake. The NFT. Scan the NFT on the stake. Yes. And then pull up all Everything. the history. Tell you where the calf was born. Grass fed. Grass fed, yep. grain fed, whatever it was. So as we speak, it's happening right now. It is. It's happening right now. And not only that, you could get into like transport, transportation, mm-hmm. temperature, like it could be everything. The vet could have, you know, what's going to happen in the future is when, when a vet comes out and sees a cow or a, a calf or whatever it is, he's going to have his own entry on the blockchain for whatever he does. And it's automatically going to be associated with that animal. Currently, all this is being done just in manual form, correct? Like That's they're correct. keeping logs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So they're keeping logs, and then if they sell that, they're just giving those logs to That's somebody right. else or, right. or whatnot. The problem with that is that those logs can be changed. They can be whatever. Or somebody cannot keep good logs, or right. you, you name it. You put it on the blockchain, though, it's going to make those that cattle much more valuable mm-hmm. because people are going to know that, that stuff is legit, real, has never been mm-hmm. changed. You're going to see multiple entries from multiple people, the vet, the this, the butcher, yeah. the that. You're going to see it all. That's right. And so... I mean, that's a prime real-world example of how this is going to play out. That's not the fancy uh, NFT art. Yeah, the reason that they were looking into that to begin with was not for the value to go up on the animal, right? What was happening was people were raising their cattle in Alabama, dropping them over here to a processor or a field beside the processing plant in South Carolina and calling it South Carolina raised Angus beef. And it's not. Yeah. So... We're trying to eliminate that. And it's something that uh, Takina Angus is still working on. Yeah, so, I mean, in bloodline and all that stuff, too, is so critical. And not just farming. Everybody. Yeah. Like, everybody wants the same goal. They want to be able to have a way to track without question. Yeah. And so that's going to happen. And what happens is when it's an NFT and it happens on the blockchain, it's not heavy for them. All that data and stuff stored somewhere where they don't have to worry about it, paying for it. Right. I mean, they probably have to pay some sort of token in order to participate, That's but right. there's no servers or com- computers. You don't have to worry about stuff crashing or data yep. being lost or nothing like that. We do a sale every uh, last Saturday of every January. We do a bull and female sale, and you can actually pay for your bull or female with crypto. Yeah. At Takina Angus. They have set up a wallet to accept crypto. Does it automatically switch it to? I think so, yeah, <laughs> which I think is great. You know, yeah. First in, in the upstate, certainly the state that I've heard of doing that. I um, need to go to the sale and buy something in Bitcoin. You should. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, uh. uh. But uh, the transfer rate is, I, I think they'll do well with that side of it. Yeah. And excited for them. Cool. I guess um, we'll have to come back and revisit this often every once in a while and kind of see because, you know, things will emerge. New, new things will start coming mm-hmm. out. And I really like the business side of this. I like the, the fact that you can invest in technology in the technology itself and not... Blockchain certainly interests me way more. I can understand it better than I can a cryptocurrency. Yeah. But if South CAC Syndicate Podcast was going to create an NFT, what would that look like? You just go on... Not how. Oh. What would it look like? The NFT itself? Yeah. It could be whatever we want. It could be... What would what would, face. what would our listeners out there want? It could be whatever you want. Let me give you one last thought, and this is more on the money side. So the big value right now in Bitcoin is is um, when a lot of money leaves 
this country and goes to different countries. You have a lot of you know immigration, a lot of immigrants in this country that come from all around the world, and they have families that are back in their country. And their countries are usually the ones that use this technology. Mm-hmm. Usually, maybe more mm-hmm. not as affluent or a little poorer than than say their family members are mm-hmm. here. So these people are sending back remittance, 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 remittances back to those countries. They're using Western Union or something like that. Right. Who's taking a huge chunk of that money right. in the transfer? So say they're sending hundred back, hundred bucks back to their family in El Salvador or wherever. Western Union's getting forty dollars of that or something, which could be forty bucks is a huge amount of money for those folks that are, it's going to. That could be fixed instantly with Bitcoin. And it, it is. They're already they're already using it. It's already actually something that's happening. You hear that on one end, and it doesn't really hit home for like me or you. Because we're not sending money back sure. to the family, right? Sure. But one one thing that I actually experienced myself, um, I worked a brand deal with a company in Canada a couple years ago. And when they paid me, they paid me in, che- in a check. And the check said on it, um, a U.S.-based, I think a U.S.-based or U.S. dollar-based uh, account, I think is what it said on the check. So I take that check to my bank to cash it, and the bank goes, well, we can't cash this. I'm like, why? It's in U.S. dollars. That's right. It says it's a U.S. whatever. Well, we don't have uh, a relationship with that bank that, that that money's coming from. And I was like, okay, you've lost me. This is Switzerland? No, this was Canada. Canada. They're like, we don't have a relationship with that bank. And I'm like, I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't realize that in order for a bank to cash a check from another bank, they had to have a relationship, mm-hmm. right? I thought if it was a dollars, it's dollars. Yeah. It's got my name on it. It's got my name They're on good. it. They're good. I'm says, good. Let's go. It's a dollar amount. Right. They're like, it may take a week or two for us to cash this thing. And so I instantly go start doing research. Why? How does this work? What's happening? So what happens is my bank had to find a bank that had a relationship with a bank that had a relationship with that bank. And so... My bank basically sends my check to this other bank that they have a relationship with. And then that process takes a while. And then that bank mm-hmm. sends it to this bank they have a relationship with. And that mm-hmm. process takes a while. And it finally makes it to the Canadian bank, who then says, oh, yeah, this is valid. We wrote that. Sends it back to this bank, who does the transaction, back to this bank, who does the transaction, back to my bank, does the transaction. It took two weeks for me to get my money. If they would have paid me in Bitcoin, it would have took about two seconds. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. So I'm like, you know, in our daily lives, we don't see that it's antiquated like that until something like that happens. And you're like, man, this system is very antiquated. So to hear you talk about blockchain is the way I see the people that were writing letters 50 years ago before text message came out. Yeah. One day you'll be able to hold a device in your hand and instantly send a letter. What people talk? No way. Yeah. No way would that happen. Well, email. You're going to FaceTime one day. You're going to be able to look at somebody and say, hey, and see them on the other end. Technology is like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Well, email was one of those where it was like, I remember back when email first came out, nobody understood it. What do you mean I can send a letter instantly? Where does it go? I don't understand it. It's kind of the same conversations we've had around blockchain and, and cryptocurrencies. You're like, I don't understand it. I can't touch it. I can't feel it. I don't. I don't understand it, but it's the same thing with email. And now you look at the new generation of people who don't know, like my kids. Oh, sure. Don't know anything different than FaceTime. They don't know how to address an envelope yet. What do you mean? You, <laughs> what do you mean you couldn't FaceTime? What do you mean you didn't have a cell phone? Yeah. What's a cassette and a number two pencil? Have yes. a comment. So I think what's going to happen too is there's going to be a lot of people that fight and scream through this transition, right? But the new generation is not going to know you different. Mm hmm. They're going to be like, nope, that's how you do it. Yeah. And not only that, they're probably going to be more comfortable with it. Yeah. We've, uh, we've broad stroked a good bit on the blockchain today. And what I want to encourage everybody listening to, to do is the same thing Kyle has literally done for years is self-educate. Right? Uh, there's uh, I follow Natalie Brunel. Yes. She I was, actually looked her up today. I, first what? time. Really? Yeah. She is who I would consider the expert in the room. She has a uh, podcast called Bitcoin Stories. I think so. Natalie, if, if this gets to you, hit us up at, what's the email? Southcackpod 
at gmail.com. Hit us up. We'd love to get you to weigh in on some of this topic and maybe do a uh, an exercise with us or a podcast joint with us. Uh, but she's a great one. Pomp Global yep. is a great one. Uh, tons, Anthony Pompliano. Yeah, tons of information out there on YouTube. It's going to take a while for you to wrap your head around of this. Uh, a lot of our listeners will be like, uh, I didn't get anything out of that episode five. Yeah, or maybe they did. Or maybe they are going to look up Natalie Brunel yeah. <laughs> and say, what's up? All right. South CAC Syndicate sent us. So I right. encourage you to, to grab a book, grab a podcast, uh, self-educate, because it looks like we're not going to have any choice but to accept this as part of our daily life future. And my, my thing is, too, is, is I don't necessarily want to make people accept it. It's more like with me and you. Understand. I want you to get in if there is an opportunity here. I want you to educate yourself on it because, you know, me and you talk about it all the time, man. If we would have known Amazon was going to do what it was going to do way back in the day, you know, I would have loved to have been a part of that. Or Google or you name name the explosion. I would love to have been a part of that from the beginning. We just never see it. Right. Most people Mm -hmm. don't see those opportunities before they, they blow up. I think that's where not necessarily that I've predicted the future and it may not it may not work out like I think it's going to work out. But I feel it's one of those convictions where I'm like, man, this is an opportunity that I need to pay attention to. Yeah, I like it. I think we ought to explore uh, selling a piece of real estate in uh, on property. Yeah. Or without. Yeah. We should have talked to Rhea about that. It'll be another chance. Uh, we, it, it'd be. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to talk to her. No, no. Thanks for giving me a headache today, Kyle. Uh, (laughs) It's always uh, interesting to hear um, where you think we're headed in that aspect, because out of all of my circle, you were certainly the only one that's really exploring that part of it. Yeah, not to get into a whole other conversation, but me and Jared, we've talked about doing private cigar club with an NFT, and mm -hmm. we've we've tossed it back and forth and whatever, and so I'm sure we'll have more conversations around that in the future. It'd be great to have a a real-life experiment or like yeah. a real life lab. I think people are going to have to be more aware of it because other than me, who do you think would be interested in something like that? Yeah, I can name about two. Yeah. And, so, I, and I need about 10. Yeah. You know, to make it work. So All I right, good deal. It. All right, guys, that's a wrap for episode five. We appreciate you listening as always. Stay tuned. Next Friday, a new podcast drops and you will not want to miss that one. That's right. All right, guys. See you. We're out. <laughs>